In the year 2017, listeners on Earth discovered a husband and wife podcast team who loved playing Mass Effect and were incredibly sappy. They called it the greatest podcast in human history. The listeners of the galaxy call it Mass Affection. I'm Chris. And I'm Jamie. And we are massively affectionate with each other and also playing Mass Effect. Don't worry. We'll talk more about Mass Effect than we will about our relationship. But we do promise that we will probably be affectionate sometimes. Because that's kind of the point of the show, sort of. So what exactly is the point of the show? What are we doing here? I don't know. I'm sitting on your lap and... (laughs) Snuggling and podcasting. Podcasting and we're talking about Mass Effect. That's pretty cool. It I is. Guess. So I'm Chris, and I podcast all the time. I have a podcast about a programming language, and I have another podcast with a friend about technology and ethics and art. And I'm Jamie, and I'm a writer. I'm a mom. I'm a nerd. I'm the whole package. What else could you ask for? <laughs> She's hot, too. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> no, I will air. say it. I won't take it off air. Uh, because it's mass affection. Okay, mass affection. <laughs> We are going to do a playthrough of Mass Effect, not our first playthrough of Mass Effect, of the whole original trilogy. I have played through the trilogy many times, and I remember lots of details. I, on the other hand, have never actually played personally, but I have watched many a time. However, I do not remember as many details as Chris does. And you will find that I'll be surprised by many details that you probably remember being veteran (laughs) players out there. Our basic plan is we're going to walk through all of the main storyline in the original Mass Effect trilogy. We will play some of the downloadable content and some of the side stories. And we might get to more of those if people end up supporting the show. More on that later. Hint, hint, indeed. We'll be aiming to have about 20 to 30 minute episodes every other week, and those will cover some reasonably sized chunk of the show. And we will spoil all the things. So if you have not played Mass Effect before, do not listen to this podcast. I repeat, do not listen to this podcast. I'm assuming that most of you out there have played Mass Effect before. Since... The first game has been out for almost a decade, and the most recent game before the next one that's coming out has been out for half a decade. So get on it, and then come (laughs) back and listen to us. Or if you're like me and don't mind hearing spoilers for things, you can listen. But Jamie will growl at you every time. I will. Don't be like him. (laughs) Super affectionate, you see. Yes. (laughs) We will be... Starting out with today's discussion, looking through the character setup process and then the prologue, Eden Prime. And our general approach on this, hopefully, will be, we'll see, we haven't actually done this before, but walk through highlights of things that stood out to us in the plot and characters and everything else, and then solicit your feedback, dear exciting listeners. Yes, please weigh in with your opinions, because we have strong opinions on many things, and it's fun to argue. (laughs) Not that we're going to argue with you, dear listener. 
A little bit of preemptive housekeeping before we jump in. You can follow the show on Twitter at mass underscore affection. There's a mass not underscore affection, and that's not us. So you want mass underscore affection. By the way, affection is spelled with an A, just so you know. You'll want to keep that straight. Uh, You can also find us on Patreon if you like the show and want to support us at patreon.com slash massaffection. And if you wanted to support us, we would think that was the super coolest thing ever. Now, let's talk about Mass Effect. We started off by doing that thing that you do, setting up a character. And hilariously, this took forever because Jamie is really picky about names. Listen, I am a fantasy writer. (laughs) Names are important. If you, if you pick a bad one, you're stuck with that name for the entirety of the trilogy. I threw out lots of names. Jamie shot them all down. It was like having children all over again. Except a lot less painful. <laughs> hey, it was about the same amount well, of pain it, for it, me. It was pretty painful, <laughs> I suppose. But we did settle on a name, Femshep, because we have Femshep. Of course. Her name is Danae. Danae is the middle name of our youngest child, and it means God is just. So we figured Justice, Shepherd. Babysitter of the Galaxy. Seemed pretty appropriate. (laughs) We are doing an Infiltrator build, and since I have played the game so many times, we have bonus powers. So this Infiltrator has a bonus power of biotic throwage. It's actually called throw, but sometimes I make up words. Fair warning. She is a spacer and a war hero, and we'll talk about how those play in when we hit the relevant side story quests with that. But Mostly, Jamie, I think, liked those because she thought they sounded coolest. I like them because I know the side story plots. Oh, I did think they sounded coolest. <laughs> I, I thought they aligned best with who I imagined Shepard to be. And that military, tough, forging ahead personality is who but I— But not a jerk. But not a jerk. Not, not a bad Shepard. That's who I imagine her to be. So those most closely aligned with my mental canon. So we have Danae, Shepard, Infiltrator, Spacer, War Hero. We're playing on Veteran Difficulty with Normal Target Assist for you truly geeky, nerdy types like me out there. Hard enough that it's interesting, not so hard like hardcore that it really slows us down as playing through. The other thing we noticed setting this all up was, (laughs) well... Media OS raises its ugly head even in in the far, far future, apparently. And also, what is wrong with these people that they've got database corruption for their most important military personnel? Yes, and I love the red flashing (laughs) notification that says that the database is corrupted. Just in case you didn't notice, it's red and flashing. (laughs) What? For, For those of you who may not have played this in a while or don't remember, the in-game, in-universe hook for constructing your character profile with your facial features and everything else is logging in and setting up your profile in the system. And, oh, no, your your profile is corrupt, but I'm a software engineer. If you've got database corruption at that level in your super fancy-pants military database, I'm most disappointed in you. It's true. Yeah. No wonder this goes badly for humanity. Just saying. (laughs) Yes. Apparently their technology didn't come that far with (laughs) Mass Effect technology. Whatever. The other thing we noticed was even as much as we struggled to get on the same page about what to name this shepherd, who boy, when it came to making a face, let's just say it's a good thing we didn't have a choice in what our daughters looked like. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, Chris was trying to create the ideal woman, I think, with 
perfectly proportioned everything. So that she would look like my wife. No, that's not. I, she looks nothing like me. That's because you were in charge. Well, I wanted to give her a kind of kind of an edgy look. So that meant I wanted to widen her jaw. I wanted to she give tried her to make her look like a man. No, I did not. A prominent nose, just some things that real people have, so that Shepard wouldn't look like a freaking supermodel running around the galaxy taking care of everyone. Because really, how often does that happen? Maybe it does happen. It is Shepard, but she still looks like a supermodel. Who am I kidding? <laughs> We will, of course, have our Shepherd's picture in the show notes for this episode, because why wouldn't we if we can? We're going to have to figure out how to take screenshots, though, because, well, we're doing this on an Xbox 360, and the only way I could get to getting a screenshot so far was by taking a picture of our television with my camera. It turned out pretty all right. (laughs) But yes, we argued about the face a little bit, and by argued, I mean each other and had a friendly squabble. There was no actual arguing. (laughs) Just in case you were interested (laughs) in our personal drama. So then we hit the start button. And as a hilarious aside, our daughters, who are four and a half and two and a half as we record this, were watching us do that. And they thought, and the four and a half year old commented explicitly, that this game was very fun. And she really liked it (laughs) as we made a face, you know. Things it's, that excite four and a half girls. It's the small things. It's the small things. <laughs> so then we started. So let's start. Eden Prime. Let's go. But before we get to Eden Prime, we have to go through what I like to call Exposition City on the ship, which the ship is awesome. Can yeah, we talk about the ship? Let's talk about the ship. I really like the opening shot following Shepard through the ship because it gives you a good idea of the scope of what you're going to be working with, mm-hmm. kind of the breadth of the stage that you're going to be walking on. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. And then you get to see the ship, well, not quite jump to hyperspace, but jump through a mass relay, which ends up, of course, being a super important plot point throughout the whole trilogy. But it is also one of the coolest effects in the game. So Mm -hmm. it made for a really, really engaging opening. And I remember thinking that opening was fantastic the first time I saw it. And it's been a decade And I still think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Jack Wall and the rest of the team who did the score, which I'm also a composer and a nerd that way, so you'll hear me talk about the music throughout this whole series as well, they did a great job and nailed that opening sequence. It's just really evocative and moving and feels excitingly sci-fi-ish, and just, they nailed it. I was going to mention that because the opening music, as you may have heard and figured out, was written by my husband, who's a very talented composer. And it made me think, yes, I love you. It made me think a lot about what was going on musically throughout the intro sequence. And yeah, they really nailed it. It was very, uh, everything you said. Evocative is the best. Evocative, yeah. And then, of course, we get the characters. So right off the bat here, you start getting some interesting and at times very funny character interactions as you meet Joker and Caden. Mm-hmm. And one thing I mentioned as we played was that you, well, I decided who I liked and who I didn't like in some of the very first interactions you get with the characters. Joker is sarcastic, he's witty, and he's funny. And Caden is very straight-laced and goody-goody. <laughs> um, Don't let Jamie fool you. She's a goody-goody. I am? But I have a little renegade in there. I have a little renegade. It's true. But I I don't know if the characters were written with the intent of, 
oh, this person will be likable, this person will be not likable. I imagine Joker, for example, was intended to be very likable because he sticks around. Spoilers. It helps, it helps that Seth Green is also one of the very best voice actors in the whole the whole cast of the entire trilogy. Yes, he's very nuanced. I really like him. Whereas our our old friend who has played everyone from Carth Onassi back in Knights of the Old Republic up through Caden Alenko here, well, he's fine. He has a stock voice. He's a very stock voice. It's also probably worth noting while we're talking a little bit about voice acting that Jennifer Hale, who plays Femshep, is the reason you play Femshep. She does a great job all the way through the trilogy, in particular because she brings a lot of nuance. She does dry delivery a lot. Even in this opening sequence, you get mm -hmm. this sense of her as someone who, whether you're playing her as a paragon or as a renegade, or in our case, sort of a neutral to paragon, depending on the circumstances, she can deliver things with some pretty acerbic wit. Yeah, and her voice just has a really nice timbre to yeah. it. Also, as it turns out, a Knights of the Old Republic alumnus. She played Bastilus Shan back in the day with her nice faux British accent. And... <laughs> He's a pretty good British. Yeah. Who else did we meet? We met Presley. We yep. met Chakwas. Anything to say about them? I think it's kind of hilarious that Chakwas ends up being a character who sticks around for the entire trilogy. Because in a lot of ways, when you meet her here, she's sort of just a side bit character whom you don't think much of and she's talking to jenkins who's going to die in basically the next scene and yet she ends up being a really important presence albeit with some plot holes around it as we'll get to when we get to mass effect 2 but a really actually grounding presence for shepherd all the way through the rest of the trilogy and that was just an mm -hmm. interesting turn presley never gets particularly interesting the way chakwas does but i i thought it was kind of neat looking at it from the perspective of someone who's played all three games quite a few times to see the bits and pieces they were laying down for each of these characters early on and then mm -hmm. to remember how they will develop mm -hmm. we get admiral anderson who's not an admiral yet well he's just a captain fine captain anderson <laughs> remember Sorry. i've forgotten many a detail <laughs> sometimes Jamie calls me pedantic, and she might be accurate in that description. Yes. We often say that if Chris had a Time Lord name, it would be the pedant. You better know what the Time Lords are. <laughs> anyway, that's not this podcast. Right. And here you get the impression from conversations with people around the rest of the Normandy, and then from talking to him yourself, that Anderson is a force to be reckoned with. He clearly is someone with a big reputation, and he's also clearly someone who uh, doesn't put up with crap. We'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. But he is my template for imagining what Fred Johnson from the Expanse series would be like. They have some similar personality things, and uh, the kind of persona that he puts forth yeah. is what I imagine. Yeah. I can Fred see Johnson that. Fred Johnson from The Expanse would be. And along with Seth Green, Keith David is one of the better voice actors throughout the trilogy. I agree. He's very good. And he's he delivers a consistently good performance even when, again, sometimes you get some inconsistency in the writing for him later along the way. We also meet Ashley in this sequence. Not in the ship, of course, but on Eden Prime. That seems like a good point to jump into talking about how the plot plays out. Let's do it. So you start with that opening jump sequence, very thrilling and interesting and engaging, as we mentioned. And then you walk around the ship and go through, as I said, Exposition City. You, if you stop 
along the way to talk to Anderson when he calls you back, you end up having some very long, very involved conversations with Presley Mm -hmm. and with Chakwas and Jenkins about, oh, all sorts of things that, of course, you as Shepard should already know, but we, the character, didn't already know the first time we were playing through this. Oh, what about the Protheans? And they give you some basically elementary school level explanations of Mm -hmm. who the Protheans were, and they say as much. This is a slightly strange thing that happens in RPGs, but it's kind of a necessity. You need some exposition. And as far as it goes, this isn't particularly clunky. It's notable, but it wasn't wasn't clunky. It was well-delivered exposition. I thought it was fairly cleverly done for what they had to do, which was give a lot of info in a short amount of time. Right. So you make your way back there. You're talking to Nihilus, the specter, who it turns out is evaluating you to become a human specter. And may I add that I saw the back of the Turian and thought, oh, it's Garrus. Actually, I said that out loud. And Chris said, nope, (laughs) Nope. not yet. (laughs) Not for quite a while yet. I had completely forgotten about Nihilus. And that is because he later gets annihilated. Ha ha, oh, see what I did there. Oh, that was a terrible <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh, come on. It was great. That was terrible. Anyway, we can talk about that in a minute. But I had totally forgotten that Nihilus was a character. So there you go. Things that I remembered, things that I didn't. You get this distress call from the planet, which frankly has a terrible cameraman. No, he was not a terrible cameraman. He was a terrible cameraman. He keeps looking at everybody around him and at anything but the thing shooting at him and the giant spaceship that came down out of the sky. Talk about embedded journalism. That is a true (laughs) journalist right there. He was on the ground with the soldiers while these scary things were happening all around him. Why do you assume it's a a journalist? Do you think it's just a guy with his iPhone? No, it's a it's one of the troopers with a a helmet cam shooting. Oh. Well, it could be that too. <laughs> In which case he's a terrible soldier too. He keeps looking at his buddies instead of shooting at the thing shooting at them. What a noob. <laughs> Speaking of a noob, so you go ahead and you go down to the planet and Nihilus has told you that he's evaluating you and then he runs off on his own. Not a great plan, just saying. So you get down on the ground and you go looking around and then Jenkins dies. The very first thing that happens in the game is this excitable young corporal gets shot by Geth and it's sad, I guess. You didn't really get to know him well enough to care, I think. I'm not really sure what they were going for with that move, actually. I think he was maybe just a practice level up, leveling up character. So someone you could have a little extra Hmm. experience with to practice out the new controls and what you have to do with each character. That's the only thing I can make of it. Yeah. And plot-wise, I suppose it emphasizes that, oh, the Geth are dangerous. But you don't really need that given that you're in a situation where you've seen them basically overrun a colony and you're trying to figure out what's going on and there's a giant spaceship you're about to see. So oh. it doesn't really it doesn't really do – it's not really necessary for that from a plot point of view. Also, at this point, we sent our girls upstairs because we figured fighting the Geth and, <laughs> and soon the husks was going to be a bit too scary for them. Yes, four and a half and two and a half. Yeah, probably. Speaking of husks, the husks are freaky. It's true, but we haven't gotten there yet. We you haven't s- quite gotten You there. fight the Geth a bit, and then you meet Ashley. Okay. And it's probably worth talking a little bit about Ashley, because she's another character along with Joker and Caden, and of course Chakwas and Anderson, but much more actively who runs through the whole thing. And she can be one of the more controversial characters. We'll talk about the controversy a bit later, but Jamie noted right off the bat, oh, I like I like Ashley here. Her voice acting is pretty good, etc. I like her normal looking face. Mm-hmm. Here I'm comparing to Mass Effect 3. <laughs> she's she's a normal gal. She's 
kind of what you expect a soldier to be in some of her reactions mm-hmm. and actions. Uh, I like her. I yeah. like her from the get-go. And given the two human companions, companions, see, there I go making my Doctor Who references yeah. <laughs> again, your two human squad mates you have throughout this game, Caden and Ashley. Ashley establishes herself as the more interesting of the two right out of the gate mm-hmm. here. She's a little rougher around the edges, and she's... Uh, Well, she is under a bit more stress, but Caden is just incredibly blasé. And I don't know if it's just the writing or if it's the writing and the voice acting together. But frankly, he just annoyed me from the outset. Mm -hmm. And that was true 10 years ago, and it was true on this playthrough. I don't think I have ever kept... We'll talk about this when we get there in much more detail. But I don't think I've ever kept Caden alive on Vermeer. And... I'm just completely uninterested in our femship having a romance with him. So you can be sure that that won't happen. True story. Sorry uh, for those who ship Caden uh-huh. and Shepard. We will make clearer what decision we do make there as we get to it, but not not Caden. Can we talk about the husks now? We can talk about the husks now. Yeah, that was not child-friendly. <laughs> oh, I don't think it was Jamie-friendly. A person gets impaled and then they turn blue, and then they run at you with these crazy flailing Scrap! motions and make a horrible noise. It's true. It's it's freaky. There's some of my least favorite things to fight because not only do they flail around and you can only really do anything to them with biotics yeah. effectively. Yeah. And it's nice that I, I will note that Shepard gets a chance to show off her biotics here. It's the first <laughs> time that there is a really good reason to use biotics versus mm-hmm. um, your rifle as an infiltrator. Right. So we're an infiltrator. I've always loved playing the sniper type character. That does bring us to one of the hilarious gameplay oddities, which I remember thinking was a little strange the first time I played this. And the strangeness has only grown on me over the years. So... Shepard is allegedly the greatest soldier humanity has to offer, the the only one of this generation being considered to be a specter. And she literally can't keep her gun from swinging around wildly. <laughs> you look through the sniper's scope, and it's swaying left and right and up and down. And it's actually very difficult to shoot with as a result. Now, you can ask Jamie. I'm also very practiced, so I do pretty well with it. But yes. it's it is needlessly and bizarrely difficult. And I get what they were going for. This is an RPG, and they were trying to communicate the idea of leveling up in skills so that as you become more proficient with the sniper, you demonstrate that by the sniper becoming steadier, etc. And this is true not just for the sniper, but it's probably most noticeable with that. But she's a super soldier! Come on. Yeah. Doesn't hold up well. And of course, it's an idea they dropped entirely from later games. Mm. But you fight your way through and you get Ashley at your side and you have a full squad. You encounter some civilians. Yeah, Manuel, who was a raving lunatic. But he knows everything somehow. He is prophetic, apparently. (laughs) One wonders if he looked in the beacon. Yeah, that's true. So the things he was saying were ultimately true. Yeah. You basically have this guy who just says, everything is coming in darkness and destruction and we're all going to and, die. And there's but no hope. And if you've played Mass Effect 3, there's not, there isn't much. much. You see Nihilus get shot in the back by Saren. Totally forgot about that. I said, oh, okay, show me the body. And they did. So I said, oh, he is actually dead. She also forgot about Saren. Yeah, I, I forgot Saren was the main boss of this game. <laughs> um, 
I didn't. I don't know who I thought the main boss was. I suppose the Reapers, and it still is the Reapers, but in the body of Saren. Right, Saren is the agent. So you you work your way through there and chase Saren, and oh, there are lots of bombs to disarm. That was a fun little skirmish with a little bit of a wrinkle. They do that a couple times throughout this series, and it does keep the gameplay somewhat more interesting because you can't just stand or cover in quite the same ways. You yeah. have to move around in cover. But yeah. it's also not especially difficult. So that and that's a good move gameplay design wise. You don't want your opening fight to be super hard. Sure. And then you see a vision mm-hmm. and it's oh, pretty what, fractured no, here. Well you forgot you have to knock Caden out of the way because <laughs> he gets sucked up into the green miasma that surrounds the beacon. Excellent word choice. Thank you. Side note, Jamie and I may have kind of fallen in love flirting over words. So Words and Star Wars. Yep. Nerds here. And then you get knocked out after your fragmented vision, which you can't really make anything out of here. And then you wake up in the med bay and Caden tries to flirt with you. And we said, nope. (laughs) No, thank you. And you you get a nice little chat with Chakwas. And then Anderson shows up and you talk about plans to show this to the council at the Citadel. Can I just say that listening to our four-year-old and two-year-old wander around talking about the Citadel and the space station and hearing how excited they are to see the big space station, they are Daddy. very excited about the Citadel. I actually wanted to play some more tonight, but I opted not to in part because I wanted to make sure that they got to see the arrival at the oh, Citadel that's scene. Kind of you. Well, they're really cool little girls. What can <laughs> I say? Any big takeaways as we started out, Jamie Dawn? One thing I did want to mention is the art in this game. I mm-hmm. thought that they there was some melodrama in the way that the aura of the game was. What am I trying to say? The atmosphere mm-hmm. on Eden Prime, the red sky, etc. <laughs> yeah, but they play it up a bit. And it, Saren, in the brief clip you get of him, oh, when right. he gets angry and the red lights start yes, flashing. Yes, the red lights start flashing out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. While, while he's pulling a Kylo Ren and knocking things over. And there's the Asari chick who we don't know who she is yet. Right. I don't remember who she is. But it's Liara's I, mom. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Stop it! <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> no way! So I'm supposed to spoil it for everyone I else, totally but not for you. I've forgotten about yep, that. that's Benezia, and that's Liara's mom. Wow. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> anyway, the art. It, it's melodramatic, but it really creates a great ambiance for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The music plus the art direction, Mm -hmm. the palette that they use. I loved the feed that you're getting from Eden Prime before you ever go down there. Mm -hmm. The shaky camera, even though it was the bad cameraman, Chris. (laughs) It just all evokes so much and it gets you into the game and it's a a solid start. I agree. And I think of the three, Mass Effect has the most interesting art direction and design. Mm -hmm. It's the most visually distinctive and the others maintain and continue that but where they pull back towards sort of more standard sci-fi imagery modern sci-fi imagery they're less interesting mass effect itself has this more retro vibe going visually and that's really interesting it's a sort of fun mashup of something like a hard military sci-fi with that gleaming vision of the future you have in Star Trek and then throwing in some holographic interfaces and things like that and it it makes for a really interesting look it's very moody yeah it's very pretty 
Uh, it's not the sort of washed out brown you get in a lot of games since then. Very colorful. Very colorful, yeah. But it's, I agree, it's very engaging and pulls you into the setting. And it's very visually distinctive. And I liked all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I liked the music. And of course, as we said, a lot of the voice acting. And, and we probably won't comment on that except when it sticks out in the future. But it was very enjoyable. And we'll note specific performances in the future that stand out as being particularly good or bad. There are a few of those too. Well, we're about out of time. So I'm looking forward to discussing these things more more with you. We are looking forward to it. And I hope that you'll tune in next time. And in the meantime, give us your thoughts about the Eden Prime mission and the beginning of Mass Effect and how you feel about it. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with Adventures on the Citadel. Woo! Citadel. Citadel.